during Advent this year, we're exploring what it might have looked like for the people who were in and around the home in Bethlehem where Jesus was born. And, and as those people found hope, peace, joy, and love around the manger, even in the midst of uncertainty, I'm inviting us this, this season to cling to those same Advent tenets, hope, peace, joy, and love, as we look toward Christmas in the middle of all that we have faced this year. Last week, we, we talked a little bit about the innkeeper, who, who unfairly, in my mind at least, sometimes gets a bad rap as the guy who, who kicked Mary and Joseph out of the stable. Now, I, I choose to refer to him as the homeowner instead of the innkeeper because in, in, in all likelihood, the, the inn was more like an extended family member's home than it was a hotel. So, so today, we're, we're continuing in our, in our journey looking at who was there around the home when Jesus was, was born, but by looking at an ordinary group of people who respond to an extraordinary, who respond in an extraordinary way when they hear about Jesus' birth, starting at, at Luke chapter 2. Verse 8, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord uh, appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in, in the town of David, a, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in, in a manger. Suddenly, a, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and, and, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go! Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what, what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and, and, and pondered them in her heart. The, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of the first boxes that comes out of the Rodi garage when we are setting up for Christmas in our house is the box that is full of Christmas and Advent books. Now, over the years, we have built quite the collection. Books that were gifted to us or books that were gifted to our kids books that have been passed down from one generation to the next, and, and books that Haley, my, my wife, got at one time or another when she was teaching in a classroom. 
This last week, I, I got to sit down and, and do one of my favorite things during the Christmas season that we get to do here at WPC, and that's to share the Christmas story with some of our preschool students. And so I pulled out a couple of those books that were from the box in my garage, and, and the first book is the classic, The Night Before Christmas. Now, probably not the story that you'd expect to hear in church, but a classic nonetheless. But then after the night before Christmas, I, I pulled out the book, Come and See. Now, this book, it tells the story of shepherds going throughout Beth Bethlehem and inviting others along the way to join them in and around the stable. The, the story ends with the baby Jesus falling asleep and, and everyone kind of slipping out the door and into the cool night air quietly to not, not wake the baby. And once they're outside, once they're outside, the author writes, shepherds, strangers, travelers, townsfolk, quietly in the starlight, come dance, take hands and dance. Shepherds, strangers, travelers, townsfolk, common people, regular people, joyfully taking hands and dancing with now, it might not be exactly how it happened or exactly what Luke wrote, but, but the shepherds did return to their fields. Luke writes, praising God and glorifying God for all that they had heard and seen. The shepherds are an important part of the Christmas story because they remind us that God uses ordinary people all the time. In their response, the shepherds' response to God's call, to the extraordinary news that they're told, gives us an example of how we can respond to God's call in our lives today. They almost give us a, a template for discernment, for figuring out what God is up to in our lives and in the world. So first, for the first thing that the, the shepherds do is they, they watch. They're, they're out in the, the fields, they're doing their job. Now, shepherding, it wasn't some sort of highly sought-out vocation. Some scholars, they, they go as far as saying that, that it was an undesirable job altogether. And that was because by the very nature of working with animals day in and, and day out, you were seen as ceremoniously unclean. Others point to how the, the four Gospels paint a positive light around shepherds, citing how, how often Jesus uses sheep and shepherds as an illustration in his own teaching, calling himself at one point in, in the Gospel of John, the good shepherd. But we do know that at the, at the very least, shepherds were seen as kind of common people, just, just regular people, who, who wouldn't normally play an important role in anything significant. And, and while they're out going through the motions of their job, keeping tabs on their sheep, something or, or someone pulls them from their routine. They're not too busy to notice what's happening around them. Now, now the first lesson we can learn from the shepherds here about discernment reminds us to be attentive. Who knows how many nights they were out in those fields, looking to the stars, counting sheep. It, it would have been really, really easy to, to get caught up in the monotony of, of it all. To just go through the motions and, and to miss what God was doing right there in front of them. In one way or another, over the, the last nine months or so, all of our routines have been completely disrupted. By now we're tired we're weary. 
We've all established some kind of new routine, maybe, some, some of us consciously and, and some of us subconsciously. Now, I, I don't think it's, it's necessarily healthy or theologically sound to make proclamations or statements about what God is or isn't doing in this season with this pandemic. But I do think that the longer that it, that it goes on, the easier it becomes to, to, to get to the place where we just kind of tune everything out and, and go through the motions. The shepherds remind us to keep watch, to, to wake up, to pay attention to what's happening. We can't afford to just go through the motions and miss what God may be up to. Next, they, they wonder. One of my favorite pictures of our, our oldest daughter was taken when she was about a year and a half old. It was early one morning during the Advent season, and I came out of the kitchen into the living room holding my cup of coffee to find her sitting there on the floor looking up at the Christmas tree, just staring at the twinkling lights. Whenever I think of wonder, especially around Christmas, around Advent, I think of that moment. I think of that picture. The shepherds, they they pay attention to what's happening around them. And then after catching their breath, they they, they can't help but be drawn in by the wonder of it all. And and as they're drawn in, we can't make light of it. They're they're terrified as well. They they experience awe and terror all at once. And the angel shares shares with them something extraordinary. More often than not, the the words that Luke uses here for what the angels share translates to to gospel, literally good news. The angel shares the gospel with them. Now, there are three titles that the angel attributes to the, the newborn baby. First, Savior, the one who delivers. An important title from the Hebrew scriptures that, that would have caused any first century Jewish person to, to turn their head and to listen. But in first century Greek culture, it carried a little bit of a different connotation. It was a title given to anyone who was important. Philosophers, doctors, rulers, Messiah, the anointed one. It's where we get the title Christ. And then the third title, Lord. A word we often attribute to God today without even really thinking about it. But the word would have been understood by the shepherds to mean ruler or commander even. It's why the news of Jesus' birth was so threatening to Caesar Augustus. So so we could also translate the angel's words in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, this way. In Bethlehem, a deliverer has been born. He is the anointed one, the ruler. It's not a stretch at all to think that, like any good Palestinian Jewish person at the time, that the shepherds would have known what a Savior, Messiah, and Lord was supposed to do. They would have known what that would have meant for Caesar as well. Caesar had recently turned the Republic of Rome into this great empire, proclaiming that he himself brought justice and peace, that, that he was even divine. He was Rome's Lord. He was Rome's Savior. So the shepherds knew that that this extraordinary news, this this good news, meant there was going to be conflict. A sort of collision, if you will, between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of the world. And and right right as as these normal or, or even lowly shepherds began to process what was happening, a heavenly host Heavenly host shows up 
with a song that, that had to be deafening. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. They respond to the wonder of it all by, by going to worship. Now, one of the most difficult parts for this season in, in 2020, uh, for us as a church, and really for anyone who observes Advent and celebrates Christmas, is our deep desire to come together and worship, to sing our favorite carols with one another. Advent and, and Christmas, it's, it's one of those times where, as a pastor, I, I just know. People don't want to come to church necessarily to, to hear a sermon. They want to come to church to sing. And for some of us, that, that means uh, singing along with, with organ music or hearing the brass. For others, it's our, our favorite contemporary version of a carol that we love. And for some of us, it's traditions like, like singing the 12 days of Christmas, like we do here every year at our, our, our first Sunday of Advent. And we're going to do our best as a church to make music an important part of, of our Advent experience. Whether you're, you're here in person in the parking lot or, or at home. But if you are at home, I'd encourage you to sing as loud as you can. Make your neighbor wonder, what's happening in my neighbor's living room? What's happening in, in their kitchen? Belt out those carols with Ed in the choir and Ed in the worship team. But we can also find other ways to worship. And if you need some ideas of, of what those ways might be, reach out to Ed, reach out to me. We'd be happy to share a few other ways. The act of lighting an Advent candle and reading scripture from your home, along with the rest of us here at WPC, that is an act of worship. And you can participate knowing that you're joining your whole community in that act of worship. So after celebrating at the manger, the shepherds, they share the good news. The shepherds weren't alone in their waiting. They knew others were waiting as well. And they don't take long to pass along what they had witnessed as they go back to their fields. This is where in that children's book that I referred to earlier, it paints a picture of a village coming together for a feast, full of great food, full of, full of dancing. The celebration extends into the community as the shepherds make their ways back to their job, as they make their ways back to the sheep, back to their everyday lives. So here we're, we're reminded that we are not alone in our waiting. It's a re reality that we've been living in over and over and over again during this pandemic. And you know that slogan, we're all in this together? We're all waiting for answers, for directions, for hope, peace, joy, love. Our whole world is waiting for good news. And the shepherds remind us that no matter what we might think of ourselves or how our culture might try to define us, how ordinary we might think we are, we get to play a role in sharing the good news of Christmas. We get to. How might you do that over the next coming week? Let's pray together. Gracious God, as we wait for Christmas, our world waits for answers. As we anticipate the celebration of your birth, 
along with our, our neighbors and communities, we, we anticipate a day when we'll be able to gather with friends and family without worries, without fear. Lord, help us to be a church shaped by the same good news that was delivered to the shepherds years ago. May we follow their lead as we watch, wonder, worship, and witness. We pray these things in your name. Amen.